Welcome to When Wrestlers Act. I'm John Cronshaw and I'm here with Colin Cox. How are you, Colin? Hello, John. Hello. I want to frame the introduction to this episode <laughs> in the form of, I don't know, a riddle, maybe? A little question, a little quiz for you. Okay. We are a 18th century composer. I'm a particular fan of his uh, work, works for solo cello. Can, who are we? Who are we, Colin? Can you do that in the voice of Henry Kelly? No, no. Who are we, Colin? Who are we? I don't know. Come on. I only understand riddles when done by Henry <laughs> Kelly. We <laughs> are back. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. Is that going to make it onto the final edit? <laughs> <laughs> it would have done if you'd got it. Try it again if you want, but... Uh, I don't know. Only if you do it in the voice of Henry Kelly. <laughs> The category is geography. <laughs> no way! <laughs> you have the board. I don't know. Select! Oh. Select. <laughs> oh. You know what? You won't get going for gold in Brexit Britain. That's yeah. all I say about that. Yeah, so, um, yeah. Halloween episode. Ooh. Ooh. Spooky. I'll tell you what, we've just watched Poltergeist Legacy, an episode called Brothers Keeper, starring... What was his name? Mean Mark Callus. Callus? Mean Mark Callus. Mean Mark Callus. A.K.A. Mark Calloway. <laughs> A.K.A. The Undertaker. Now, this is the second thing we've actually reviewed starring The Undertaker. Yes. And one was amazing. And the other one was Suburban Commando. <laughs> this wasn't amazing. <laughs> right. I, I actually... Right. It was amazing that this... Travesty lasted for four whole series. Did it really? Four series? Sounds like you've been doing some research today. Well, I was bored watching <laughs> the programme. It, it was that bad. It was. You know what really made me sad? Do you know what really made me sad? Is this was done by a channel in America. This was produced by Home Box Office. This is the same company <coughs> that did, I don't know, The Wire, Game of Thrones. Flight of the Concords. That one. You know, that, that, that really gritty drama, the one with the thingy-majibs. Sopranos. That's the one. Oh, no, oh, I was thinking of something else. Uh, the other one, that one. Yeah, they did lots of good stuff. Six feet under, for fuck's sake. This? What was this? It wasn't very good, John. They did that one as well, Sex and the City, which was shit, so maybe. But this was, this was worse. This was, this was worse than Sex and the City. See... Colin, let, it, me, let me just frame this for you. This was worse than Sex and the City. Yeah, it was. Not just worse, but, like, much, much, much worse. See, this is our Halloween episode, so what was to stop us going back and watching that episode of Charm that we reviewed? <laughs> All right, it was shit, but, you know... It did have Rose McGowan. It did have Rose McGowan and um, some lovely bottoms. Yeah, but if you recall with that episode, you ended up hating women. No, it's not just that episode. <laughs> I think it came out. <laughs> I think you, you decided that those women... I think it was uh, irregardless, even though that's not a real word, irregardless of their lovely bottoms. I'm sure we've got an American audience yeah. who will appreciate that word. Uh, irregardless of those lovely bottoms, 
you found them to be charmless. Yeah. I think that was your line. Because the program's called Charmed, but you turned it around. And that was very clever. I like that. I know. I think that's the best line I've ever come up with. I think it is. I think it is. <clears throat> and every, yeah. everything from there is down. No, no, no. I'll give you credit. In our first episode... You did come up with the um, Rhapsody in polyester line, <laughs> which I thought was fantastic. But to be honest, since then, it's, you know, you've been, since, since you've the, been coasting, let's be Since honest. the first episode, it's all been downhill. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, this, this... This. Poltergeist. Did you watch Poltergeist when you were young? Did, yeah, did but I don't remember it. scare the shit out of you? No. Oh, it scared the shit out of me, the little girl with a telly. The only film I found scary when I was a kid was Robocop, when that guy gets toxified. Yeah, yeah. Ugh, that bit terrified me. Yeah. For me, Poltergeist, it was up there with, like, Hellraiser, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, um, that... Candyman? Candyman, like... I know that's, this sounds weird because it came out in, like, 1990, but, like, <coughs> Candyman, to me, I was a little bit too old for horror films to scare the shit out of me as a seven-year-old. Do you know what I mean? Freddy Krueger. Yeah, yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street 3, mm. The Dream Warriors. That film scared the fucking shit out of me. But it's got boobies in it. Which is great. But it scared the shit out of me. Poltergeist scared the shit out of me. This is a spin-off of Poltergeist, I think. It's called Poltergeist Legacy. Yeah. What did this, as someone who has only the vaguest recollections of Poltergeist, what has this got to do with the original series? Well, it's, it's it had a demon in it. Right. And some chump who um, who was a bad driver. And straight away, I was wondering at the start of the episode, because I've never seen this before, it had him driving like a... Am I allowed to use the word cunt? I prefer maniac. Okay, right. It had this man driving like a complete cunt and um, saying it was on the phone to his um, partner at the other end saying, I've just hit a ton. That was a century. Oh, century, sorry. Because that, would have been a th- that would have been impressive if yeah. he was driving a thousand pounds an hour. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he was just, um, he was driving like a complete knobhead and then on the phone and saying, yeah, look at me, I'm, I'm driving this fast, you should be with me. I was wondering at this point is, is he going to get killed or something? Is it like a, an episode of The X-Files? Are they going to sort we'll of see, build it up and see yeah. him as a victim and then his death gets investigated or something like that? But no. He's the person, main guy. He's the main guy. He's and I hero. had zero sympathy for him straight away. I thought he was a complete knobhead and I didn't want him to prosper in any way, shape or form. Yeah. And that was the first fucking scene. No, no, I think you were meant to take away from that. He's cool. He recklessly drives at night when he can't see. Shows off to someone. Yeah. Shows off to someone in <clears throat> some weird lab that's in his house. I don't know. Like, I, There was so much going on in this that I didn't get. First of all, what was the undertaker doing in this? Why was he there? It was nighting, nighting, nighting. Okay, fair enough, right? The undertaker did his what is like devil demon gimmick in like what late 98 survivor series 98 actually he did the whole shit with the druids so okay undertaker is actually good casting but what people need to remember about the undertaker is he can't fucking act he's shit at speaking like he's good in the ring he's good at ring psychology but when he moves his mouth and words come out they're bad words 
Well, the, the words are fine. No. No, no, they're not. They're not. All right, they're not terrible words. No, but the no, way... no, no, don't. You're giving it too much credit. The words, any words that come out of his mouth are terrible. But they're not his words. Doesn't matter. Okay. He, he could still go, these words are shit. Honestly, yeah. the best thing that Undertaker ever did in a promo was tip his hat to Shawn Michaels. Mm. That's it. Did he go, you will rest in peace? No. He didn't. We've not even started talking about this bag of shit episode, to be honest. There's nothing to discuss. The episode was a pile of wank. Shall we go is, <laughs> Shall we go get last orders at Weatherspoons and just wrap this up now? Straight to the stool trap. <laughs> right. Okay. I, I actually think we can break this down. We can break fast. this down, that's fine. Right. The... So, Demon pops... Well, the guy was driving like a complete ass. Yeah. Truck turns up. Truck turns up. Even faster. Yeah. And then the truck... What disappears turns into a <clears throat> ball of flame. Yeah. And then his brother appears. He's like, Oh, what are you doing here? He's like, Haha, I've been dead and I escaped from hell. And now the soul catcher, was it the soul catcher? Chaser catcher. Soul chaser. Soul something er, anyway. Yeah, soul chaser. Soul chaser soul is chaser. after me. And the soul chaser is the undertaker. Yep. Who happens to leave like Terminator 2 style holes in fences. Yep. That's a clue. Ooh. Ooh. And then we get some, like, basically 40 minutes of family bullshit drama of, like, oh, you didn't come to Dad's funeral. Yeah, I came to Dad's funeral. You were wearing his school tie. And I thought, oh, what are you doing wearing a tie? Uh, and it's like, oh, well, maybe if you'd have been there, this wouldn't have happened and I wouldn't have gone to prison. Oh. It was like this all the way through. And it was really tedious. Yes. Although there was um, there was some good fighting because um, there was great scenes of... You lie. ...the soul chaser um, catching and fighting and doing wrestling moves. And he did do a... Basically a tilt-a-whirl <coughs> backbreaker on someone. Mm. I, was, I was impressed. That was good. Clothesline, gorilla press slam. Yeah. I think it's the only time I've ever seen uh, The Undertaker do a tilt-a-whirl backbreaker. I wanted to see him... Um, Walk along a banister and, uh, with, with his arm in his hand. And, and Do an then, arm ringer from the top yeah. row. Yeah, that would have been good. Tombstone. I wanted a tombstone, at least. He did He did do a choke slam yeah. at one point, so that was good. The Undertaker, his role was he was a soul chaser and he had to get this guy back to hell who'd escaped from hell. And so he was chasing this guy who'd escaped from hell who was... The main guy's brother. Did we find out how he escaped? Yeah, he got home. Okay. <laughs> he left. And it, we had a great description of hell. Do you know what hell's like, Colin? <laughs> let, let me paint you a picture. Right, hell. Well, paint a picture to this civil servant who gets stuck in traffic every day. Yeah, but imagine not just getting stuck in traffic, but being stuck on a commuter train. And you, you, you're on a train, it's really busy. And it's like... It's really hot, and there's not much room. Do you yeah. remember that time we went to see Stone Roses? Yeah. And we were on that tram? Yeah. Was that hell? Yeah. Okay. It was like when I used to travel to Halifax every day, and the train was really busy and I could never get a seat. It was like that. So hell is basically being on a train that's really busy. <clears throat> like, Jeremy Corbyn did a video recently where he was on a train that was really busy. Well, I mean, he wasn't really, obviously, but 
made for a good video. Mm. Um, it was completely um, called out on it, though. I know, that was brilliant, wasn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. Um, the thing that made me laugh about Hell, this, did you notice this? I, I think you might have been like looking at your phone at this point and being bored. <laughs> but there was a point where he said, you know those chocolate cupcakes? Did you hear this? I did. Where he says about these chocolate cupcakes that he really liked, and he was he was he was sure there were somewhere. He was sure that that there must be in hell because they were made with these things called like hell's boots or something ridiculous. And he was like, "Yeah, I just knew they were around, but I could never find any." <laughs> that, that's hell. That's what hell's like. Imagine it's, it's hell not being able to find your car keys. I think it's along those lines. Yes, I was like, you know, you you really. You know when you like really fancy something to eat, and you think, "Oh man, I could I could really just eat um, a packet of flaming hot monster munch," and then you realise, "Shit, they haven't they haven't done them for like five years." But luckily, they brought them back, so it's it's not that bad. Huh? Hell is if I want to play on Fallout Four, but no, my Xbox controller has run out of battery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like ten thousand spoons when all you need. Is a knife. <sighs> it was done in 1999. You got, you know. Yeah, yeah. Lannis set was still, like, you know, vaguely attractive. As long as you squinted a bit. I don't know. Have you ever seen the video to You Are to Know? <laughs> don't know. It's pretty good. Yeah. Squeaking about in shiny trousers. Ah, that, yeah. That, <laughs> that could work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... The what is it? The, the basically, I can't I can't really remember what happens, but there's something to do with his dagger breaks. Yeah, and they go back to this guy's house, and there's a woman there who can test stuff. She's like a Scientologist or something. Well, I think um, I think her job is scientist. Just, yeah, but, but that's her. She she um she went to university and studied science is what I'm guessing. Applied science. Applied general science. Yeah. So she does like medical stuff. She pours things on wounds, makes people better, and then she can do. Uh, was it a stenograph? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she, oh, this is good. She tests the this this bit of dagger that's broken. Can you remember what it was made of? Is it some sort of copper? No, it was flint and brimstone. Oh, that's right. But in order to get the brimstone, like it is. You need a certain fire that's really, really hot that you can't really get on Earth. Ah. So like a real, you know, like a fire brimstone. Could you get it on a on a train in the middle of summer with no air conditioning? Yeah. Okay. Like that. So the brother and the other brother, they have a heart to heart. They it lasts ha- for about three hours. They have many heart to hearts <laughs> in this. So horrible. Then brother. I can't remember. Dead, which, which... dead brother gets out, speaks, um, accidentally runs into um, Undertaker, who's about to vanquish him. Oh, sorry, oh, no, no, it's you, not charmed. No, you've missed the bit with, was it Williams in Sector 9? I don't know. <laughs> There's basically just some like random character introduced who calls in, hey, it's Williams in Sector 9. We've got something weird going on, and I don't think it's human. 
And then within a second, he gets killed by the Undertaker. He's the one who, who receives the, the tilt wheel backbreaker. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he looks a bit like a neo Nazi thug, let's be honest. Mm. He could have. He but so does the Undertaker. So ever since he had his head shaved. Yeah. So the Undertaker's there. He goes to see the brother who escaped from hell. And he goes, Let me go. I want, I, I, I want to leave hell. I don't want to be in hell anymore. Well, it was a mistake. Reasonable. It, it was self-defence. I didn't mean to kill anyone. It was self-defence. It's all admin. Yeah. And he says, I'm not a judge. And he says, ah, oh, I can, I can... Oh, no, that's it. He goes, go to hell. And he goes, in a minute. That was good. Was it? No. <laughs> it, was, it was a line. It certainly, certainly filled some dialogue. So, yeah. Certainly filled some uh, letters on the script. That's right. <laughs> um, and then there was there was a bit where he says, "I'll make a deal," and I said, "Yeah, he's going to go for his brother." And he goes, "I want your brother." Didn't Boom. I say, Colin? You did. did. I, didn't I call it? I called it before. I was like, "Yeah, he wants his brother." Anyway, his soul is worth more than yours. Why? I don't know. Because he's a, he's the main star in Poltergeist. So I'm guessing that he's done other demon-related stuff at some point. Right. I don't get why his soul would be worth more. Maybe he just likes the betrayal. Maybe. Yeah. So he goes, yeah, yeah, I'll betray him. And then, like, he goes to back to his brother. And then the Undertaker... They have another fucking heart-to-heart. Yeah, yeah. And he goes... Boom! And the Undertaker crashes into the place. Yeah. And then he shoots at him and he misses. And he's like, oh no, you're going to get my brother. I don't need to get my brother. And there was an amazing fist fight yeah. as well. And they have really bad... Like, it's, it, it wasn't... I wouldn't describe it as really bad choreographed kung fu because that would be giving it too much credit. It was like really bad choreographed... Um, I don't know. Like, can you choreograph kids... Pretending to do choreographed kung fu when they're about nine and don't really know how to fight. Have you ever been to a karate class with kids in it? Yeah, yeah, no, it was like that. Yeah, I, you, you know how how much I like to <laughs> just go to karate classes starring kids. And... The Undertaker gets shot by which brother? The other brother, the one who betrayed. No, he does, but with a real gun. Yeah, but who who? But then he falls over, and then the Undertaker stabs him with his soul-taking sword thing. Yeah, but then the lady comes in and shoots him. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. But, Does that make sense in the story? But then the um, the guy is on the floor. This soul's going to be even more satisfying. And he's about to go... And um, take the soul... Uh, take that guy's soul... She shoots him, he stands up, he picks up his gun with the fling in it and then shoots him in the heart. He goes, Ugh! and then disappears in a puff of logic. Yes. And that's it. And that is... <laughs> that really is the programme. <laughs> I think that we've probably made more sense of <laughs> what went on than actually went on. I think we've made a story out of what was there. 
because that was really fucking bad. I think, have we gone weird science bad? I genuinely think this is the worst thing we've ever watched. Weird science? This programme took itself very seriously. No, that's very true, actually, yeah. And it was shit. It it's, was it's the fact so... that they took itself seriously, which yeah. is the offensive thing. It's like weird science, okay, it's just bullshit, whatever. It's It's a comedy... And you could argue, okay, maybe it was just, it was self-aware. Ha ha ha, it was having a laugh on someone's expense. This, this, there was nothing to it. This, there was, honestly, all the way through, it was just like, stuff happening, no story. Just fucking, these two brothers sharing like, well... Oh, yeah, that was it. We didn't talk about this. The great, great line about, yeah, where were you at Dad's funeral? He was betrayed by his own partner. He was a cop. <laughs> I'm not making it up, am I? That was a line. That was a line. That was a line of real. That happened. That was dialogue. Someone wrote that. Yeah. Only did, like, this is what saddens me. It's like, you know, I'm a writer. I try and get paid for my writing. And I really try hard to write stuff and I know that a lot of writers try really hard to write stuff and then you see stuff like this that is like out there and the people who made it got paid for it and were published and well, it's really galling it what, really what you should do then is take to what you should do, do John is take a film from the 80s <laughs> or early 90s then write a script Write a very shit script and then go cash in your checks. <laughs> but it's like, <laughs> there's no quality control at all. Okay, tell me something. Tell me something about the main character. He was a knobhead. He was reckless. But, you know, he's an altogether guy. That was his character, wasn't it? Yeah. A, this, this a knobhead knob who is a bit reckless yeah. but knows what he's doing. Yeah. And our sidekick? Um, she wears glasses. And I don't want you to refer to any items of clothing, hair, skin colour or job. She was clever. Tolkien talk, <laughs> clever. She was the brains of the operation. <laughs> That's kind of like her job was to be clever. Yeah, she's she, she's the brains of the operation. Like she got no character whatsoever. She's she had like, she had no personality. Nothing to her. She was I I am a scientist. I know things, and I think because it was a lady, <clears throat> and she was of colour, I think that means that. Oh, this is different. This this is unusual, isn't it? Imagine imagine calling a lady a lady doing science. Not only a lady, but a lady with different colour skin to the white people. Well, yeah. mind blown. That's all I'm saying. Characterisation. That's how you fucking do it. <laughs> it's gone. It's just yeah. I think. Now, where's the plot? Tell me about the plot. What the was plot. the plot? Okay. Um, the plot is summed up. Guy oh, oh. guy returns from hell, getting chased. Turns out to be brother. Brother wants to protect. Guy betrays brother. But not really. But not really. Shows in anyway. And then sacrifices himself to go back to hell. Soul Chaser goes back. 
done. Right. That that is the entire thing. Add some padding. I mean, cotton wool. Mm. That is what it is. You've um, you've it's it's like you've taken a, a bag. You're going away for the weekend. You put your toothbrush, your razor, <laughs> a comb, and you you've got like it's like a call it something like a pencil case sort of size bag. So you put your toothbrush, your comb, and your razor, and then. You, you're thinking, actually, the bag still seems empty. I shove a lot of cotton wool in there. <laughs> I'm sure it'll come in handy. Just keep piling it in, and suddenly you've got a bag that looks like a pillow. Okay. So That's what, what this is. Right. I'm, I'm going to break this down to the skeleton of the plot now. Right. You can do this in one sentence. This is this is good. You can do this with, with novels. You can do this with stories. It's great. You can do... Right, I'll give you an example. Moby Dick. Guy chases whale. Guy... Chases whale, wants to kill whale, whale destroys him. That's Moby Dick. Yeah, this is man escapes from hell, doesn't want to go back to hell, goes back to hell. Yeah, that's not a very good story. No, it's really bad. Yeah, and I wonder he. <laughs> it's really bad. See, here's the thing, though, as well. Surely his act of heroism will be enough to keep him out of hell. Despite the fact that the sole person got him there, he can... No, because the sole person's not the judge. No, I know, but what he can do is take it to the um, Hell Tribunals board yeah, and say, look, this was a clear act of heroism. I at least want to um, have my case looked at again. In the meantime, please place me in purgatory. That's a fair point, but he did go, yeah, I'll, I'll let you take my brother's soul. Yeah, but then he... Whatever permission he has over his brother's soul. He he sort of reneged on the deal, though. It was... Cr- oh, there was so much that was just... just <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. Shall we move to the stool chart, John? <laughs> I don't know. Because I believe we may have a new entry for this. <laughs> I believe that we're going to... We, we can expand the stool chart into... Um, <laughs> Colostomy bag. <laughs> I was, I was this this is okay. in a bag a bag of its own. Right, it doesn't even come out of the anus anymore. I, I was going to suggest something along these lines. I'll be honest <laughs> with you. I was thinking that if there was a way we could kind of remove the basically remove the anus from this criticism. Yeah. I think removing the anus, removing the texture of the poo. And just knowing that it is a just a solid form of shit. But How can it be solid when there's no substance to it? it okay, this is why <clears throat> it needs a bag because the bag gives it a form. But yeah. it is formless within itself. But the bag gives it shape, and it's only because of the existence of the bag that we have the I don't know, like a a weird whatever shape that is. I don't know what what shape is that. The kind of Expanded three-dimensional oblong that's almost like it's almost a, a, it's almost elliptical. ovular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it sort of gets big at the bottom and then you know tapers Boys at in the, the middle. Top. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like a like an old-fashioned menge, perhaps a Don't big know. a big rock. Yeah, you know, remembering um Asterix. No, the, no, I, I I had friends as a kid, so yeah. 
Come on, you, you, you read Asterix at some point. I know. <laughs> Those big... And many areas of big rock and obliques used to build them. And yes, so, all right, there you go, then. <laughs> it's no good pretending to be cool, John, because it'll never happen. Colin, I was never, Colin we do a podcast about... Not not film starring wrestlers, but mainly like obscure <laughs> TV shows from usually the mid to late nineties starring wrestlers. Nobody could possibly mistake us for being cool. We are scraping the barrel of not only like whatever fandom that any of this stuff appeals to, like wrestling fandom. Like I can see how wrestling fans wouldn't like what we do. I can see how TV fans wouldn't like what we do. I can see how film fans wouldn't like what we do. So, I just think that we, it's the, almost the re- reverse <coughs> of mass appeal, whatever that is. Well, speak for yourself, I'm cool. Only because your mum says you're cool. Have you met my mother? She doesn't think I'm cool. No, she doesn't. In fact, she doesn't think. It's <laughs> <laughs> alright, she, um, she'll never... Um, <laughs> She'll never listen to this. She doesn't follow me on Twitter. Yeah. She doesn't encourage your creative endeavours. <laughs> yeah. We should do an episode on that. On your mother. Yeah. Yeah. Um, didn't ask, how are you, Colin? Yeah, fine, thank you. <laughs> bit, of, bit of a headache. <laughs> um, uh, I'm not bad. Yourself? I'm, I'm all right, yeah. yeah. Good. I'm, I'm, I'm getting over this chest infection. You're not, are you? It's getting there. It's getting there. I've managed to get through this without dying, so... Yeah, you're such a disease. You are what the French call les incompetents. Mm. So, just to get a plug out there, Colin, yeah. what's your Twitter? It's at testicol. Cool. Mine's at JL Cronshaw. Excellent. I've got a novel coming out soon. You'll have to read it. I'm looking forward to seeing your novel, Way of Telling a Story. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you, know, you know what? Let me, let me just say something about my novel. Wizard of the Wasteland, that'll be out early next year. The um, What I do in this novel, which is, I've, I've actually learned a lot from Wayne Wrestlers Act, is what I've done is I've, um, I've done things like, you know, get, get a plot and characters that make sense. I mean, I know it goes all against what we're doing here, what we're trying to cultivate, but, you know. I would like, if there was ever a film of... Wizard of the Wasteland. I hope that I can get a wrestler to star in not not the main role. Obviously, I don't want the film to be ruined. But what about if it was Dwayne Johnson? No, I don't want him. Like if 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 there was to be a wrestler in the role of someone, I would like to have either Bray Wyatt or Daniel Bryan to play second Bob. I take it this guy has a beard. He's a bit inbred. Yes. Okay. But you know, I don't. I don't want to wrestle as a starring role, but I want enough so they'll at least tweet about it and you know, do a bit of publicity. Yeah. But what about Dwayne Johnson? If he's in it, it's gonna make money. Colin, my main character's really not that charismatic. So, have, yeah, you, have you seen the Fast and Furious films? Yeah. No, I haven't. I saw no, the first one. I saw the first one. Really There's this great bit where um, the camera's sort of panging in and it's got a woman in there and you can see her talking to her friends in that sort of film chatty way and she actually mouths the words nice car i'm just thinking is that really what people say when they're faced with about 50 chavmobiles just nice car and 
that's it. That is the Fast and the Furious summed up right there. I couldn't watch it anymore. Well, let me tell you something. There was a, uh, <clears throat> a film person, a screenwriter called Blake Snyder, who did this book about screenwriting called Save the Cat. And in this book, he says that there should be a point within the first act, which is where the theme of the film is stated. Someone, not the main character, but someone should say what the film is really about. And so that person who went... Nice car. That's what the film's really about. What are they on now? Fast Furious Date? Is that, is that coming out soon? Something like that, yeah. But that happened about half an hour in to the film. It, it was a bad film. They just didn't do it right. Okay, you that's, that's reasonable. It's like Minority Report. They didn't get to the, the inciting incident until about like 40 minutes in. Fucking awful, terrible film. Great story. Read the Philip K. Dick story. It's good. No, you're right. Hmm? You're right. Have you, have you watched that? No. You haven't, have you? No. <laughs> <laughs> but you'll agree, nonetheless. Oh, I will. Well, anyone, who, anyone who's watched Minority Report will agree. You, do you know the, the premise of Minority Report? No. All right, basically, they've <clears> got <throat> these essentially disabled people chained up in a cellar, and these disabled people can predict the future, and so they get them to predict future crimes. And the guy who is heading the Future Crimes Bureau, the printout comes out and... Bah, bah, bah. Is it his friend? No, it's him. Oh. he He's a murderer, but it's a future murder, and he's predicted to murder this person. Is it based on that episode of Futurama that does similar things when Fry joins the police and they um, then he witnesses Bender committing a crime and him shooting Bender? Yes. Okay. So it's it, like even even though it was written in the sixties, yeah, yeah, it was based on the episode of Future. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, so basically, if you imagine having a film, the thing that makes the film start going is this idea that holy shit, the guy who's in charge of this thing is a murderer, but not really because he hasn't murdered anyone yet. But imagine that like halfway through the film instead of being like in the first ten minutes. Like, what the? F- this is boring. This is really dull. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It does make sense. I don't know where I'm going with this. I don't. <laughs> there was a point. <laughs> there was a point. I'm sure if I listen back, you'll like, you'll you'll find out which point you need to edit. Yeah, and I'll, I'll edit it in, <laughs> and it'll sound really, really brilliant. Mm. But yeah, all I'm saying is the poltergeist. That was it. Was a pile of wank. I remember why I started talking about Minority Report now. Is it to do with... Um... Nice car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's a film about nice cars. It is. You'll notice it. You'll notice it. I've, uh, once you start breaking films down into their component parts, you shouldn't think shit. They're all the same. They're just different paint jobs on the same story. Well, I watched two films this weekend. Um, both starred... Chevy Chase. One was Spies Like Us. That's a good film. That's a very good film. I'd never seen it before. Have you not? Really? Yeah. Oh, that, that, that surprises me from Mr. Colin Cox, Chevy Chase extraordinaire fan, or whatever your name. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm a big fan of the Fletch films. Yeah. But then, you're right, because what that does is exposes, in the first scenes, it's showing about this um, aerial photographs from um, 
from space in Russia of a um, missile and um, then the defence secretary and his aide are going over these photos and then you suddenly bring in the buffoons but they bring but they're talking about that early on so yeah it does make sense yeah and then in national lampoon's vacation which i also watched straight after that <laughs> um <laughs> it was a good saturday straight away you've got clark griswold and his son bang a new car saying we're driving 2000 miles in our new car and then they get the wrong car oh. but they're still driving 2000 miles so you know, they've laid it out that it's going to be a massive road trip film. Yeah. Right there. So there's something in that. No, no, it's it's not just something in it. It's everywhere. Every film you watch, you'll see it. You'll see it. <laughs> I swear to God. About 10 to 12 minutes in. Boom. Did you ever watch uh, that one? What was it? The one with uh, Steve Martin, where he's got to get back to his wife. and Three Amigos? No, not that one. The other one. The Jerk. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. Bit, bit in there. <laughs> Where there's someone talking about, like, the importance of family, blah, blah, blah. Guy doesn't listen. And then the film's about the importance of family. Is it one of those films um, that caused Dennis Penis to upset Stephen Fry? Um, I was going to call him Stephen Fry. Um, Steve Martin. Was it one of those films that prompted that question out of Dennis Penis? <laughs> yes. Yes. No, you'll you'll see. You'll, uh, in fact, I'm gonna. So you got me thinking now. I'm gonna hate thinking. No, no. All right. What I'll do is I I wrote a story recently last night actually that I published on my website johngrodshaw.com. That's j o n c r o n s h a w dot com. How do you spell dot com? Um, d o t c o m. Okay. Um, johngrodshaw.com, Yeah. Story I did called telling the story, where I basically write a film <clears throat> it's a bit odd I don't know check it out anyway got another one coming out soon it's going to be great maybe a trilogy Ooh. Ooh. everyone everyone likes a trilogy yeah well this is <laughs> oh, what you should do is make up words like quadrilogy to be honest it's going to be I don't know what it'll be because it'll be a um, I've got I've written a prequel get this for a term novelette it's basically a 50-page story. I prefer novellas. No, no, right, this is the thing. It's longer than a short story, but shorter than a novella. Because technically, a short story is up to about 7,500 words. A novelette is between, what is it, uh, 7,500 words and 1,700 words. <laughs> and then 40,000 words and above is a novel... Which is a novel idea. But, so I've got a novelette that's with the editor. Yeah, prequel. It's going to be great. I've just been banging my head on the table. I know. <laughs> but you wait, Colin. I'm going, to, I'm going to sell at least 13 copies of this book and then you'll be choking on your words. I wish you all the success in the world, John. I really do. I don't understand this um, hatred. Oh... I don't know, but the way you say it, you'll be choking on you. It's not like a, like a, like I'm. Um, You're a hater, to, Colin. You're a hater. Like I don't believe that you will. <laughs> I, don't know if, I don't know if you do. I, I, I just think you're faithless. I think you've. I just think you need to read the secret. Yeah. 
I think you need to start blaming the victims for their own, you know. Every day, John, my job is to... <laughs> don't, re- don't, because we'll get so much fucking hate mail if you reveal your job. It's to read people's reports... Oh, you bastard. And then bastard. decide whether or not they qualify for a certain government benefit. Oh, so evil. I am a government-appointed you know decision-maker, and I make decisions <laughs> on behalf of a particular Secretary oh. of State. See, we did it. We got the Halloween component we of did. this episode. People should be afraid of me. <laughs> We need the, come on, do your best Vincent Price impression. <laughs> oh, that was my best charming one. Oh, can I do my best Vincent Price? Hi, I'm Vincent Price. No, it's more, hello there, I'm Vincent Price. Now I'm doing a different... Hi, I'm Vincent Price. If you want the best price, I use cars. I'm your man. What if I don't? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what, I'm... This tangent, we stopped talking about Poltergeist Legacy. We've already plugged our Twitters and everything. <laughs> <laughs> that was about ten fucking minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, johncronshaw.com at testicle at JL Cronshaw. Man, it's good. It's yeah. all good. It's all good. You know what? We we owe it to the what's the opposite of readers? Listeners. The listener. Listener. We owe it to that person. Yeah. Which is you when you edit this. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have you know that, uh, you know, there's someone else. There's that guy in Norway who always emails me. Right, he says they're pictures of his penis, but I've looked at them and they're different penises. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? All the time. Like 30 penises. He says, hey, hey guys, how, how are you? I have new penis for you. <laughs> And I think, oh, Stig, you sent me another picture of you. That's not your penis, Stig. (sighs) That guy. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm grateful that you're listening to the show, but if you're going to send me pictures of your penis, at least... Make it your own? Yeah, it's all I ask. Just be genuine. Just, you know, be real. Keep it real, man. Keep it real. Can we just (laughs) fucking sign off, please? I don't know. How do we end? I don't know how to end these. Please. Bye. <laughs> so let's uh, let's go for a more professional one, and then you can edit this later. No. So having um having spoken bollocks for the past twenty minutes, um on behalf of John <laughs> at JL Cronshaw, behalf of me at Testicle, go to John's website. He's said it a few times, but it's johncronshaw.com. Yeah. Yeah. So until next time. Cheerio. Bye. Is that the end, yeah? Yeah.